What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfaceuno.com where you can purchase items from our online store or donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It's my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today from the old stomping grounds of Minnesota to new re- newly relocated Kim Merrick. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much, Shane. Excited to be here. Did I uh, did I butcher your last name? No, you did it great. Perfect. Uh, I've it's like funny because your closest friend, everybody, like the last several podcasts, I've asked the same question because I keep forgetting to ask people and and make sure that I'm getting it right. But uh, like I, it's funny like the people you're closest to or your friends. Sometimes you don't like say their last name or like say like I don't know like you don't say their name the same way or you know what I mean and uh yeah so like I found myself going can you just tell me how you say your name like (laughs) it's kind of awkward but it's it's like important but here we are it doesn't matter because I keep talking about this and asking people if I got it right so nonetheless here, here we are yeah well welcome Ken thank you so much for joining me on the show and yeah, I'm I'm pumped to to learn more about you and to hear some of your stories. I know you are one of the most adventurous people I know. And I think that's awesome. Cool. I'm excited to be here and, and uh yeah, bring it on. What do you want to know? Sweet. Well, why don't you fill us in on um kind of where you're at today and and what you're up to I don't even know what your job is I know you just relocated and you're uh you're out on the west coast doing some fun stuff what are you up to yeah so I am currently living in Eugene Oregon and if you would have asked me five ten years ago if I ever (laughs) thought I'd live in Oregon I would have said hell no um just not something that was on my radar but I am living in Eugene Oregon and I am running the marketing department at Burley Design which is an outdoor company that does trailers for cargo and children um mostly for bikes but they also do kind of like strollers and ski kits and things oh wow that's really cool that's fun is is that how did this whole process come about? Because you were working for Salsa Bikes, is that right? I like the salsa. So working for QEP, which owns QEP, Salsa, okay. but I was on the distribution side. So yeah, I was still in the bike industry, but just not with a brand specifically. Nice, nice. Are you like happy to be out there? I know we were talking a little bit before. It's you know we've both moved around the same time to be honest, and uh, the uh, friend friendship side of things is always like difficult. You know, we we both had pretty established you know networks of of friends and people and and whatnot but as far as job wise are you enjoying it yeah I'm absolutely loving it it's it's funny looking at different parts of life and kind of anticipation for this I was thinking about my life and throughout the years and I think finally for the first time in my life I'm really excited to be putting my head down in work and yeah it's funny because we were just, we were talking about how it's so hard as an adult to move somewhere and not have a network and uh, I think for the first time actually this is my second time besides college really doing this, I had moved to Alaska and didn't have any friends there either. But for whatever reason, at this point in my life, it's a lot easier and uh, I've enjoyed it a lot more and it's been not as much of a struggle. And I've, I've really, really uh, taken to liking 
life on the West Coast and just loving everything that's happening right now and more embracing it than ever before. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. Um, and what did you say your title was? You're the, what was it? Marketing manager. Marketing manager. So pretty, uh, lots of, I'm assuming you're around a computer a lot. Is it like meetings, kind of strategizing or what's your day to day look like? Oof, it's all of the above. Um, pretty small operation here. There's only 25 employees total. And cool. Um, so that means you do everything from the nitty gritty detail work yeah. to strategy. But um, so I'm definitely doing everything from looking at a year long plan to 10 year plan to rolling up my sleeves and getting in there and placing ads and coming up with copy and um, design work as well. Um, definitely a full full service role, but I love it. And I have yeah. a great team I'm working with. That's awesome. Um, so one thing I really like to do, and in, in now that we've kind of established where you're at these days and kind of what you're doing, um, let's go ahead and let's go back. Let's let's take it back to childhood. How would you describe your childhood? What was what was your child look, childhood like for you? It's been funny. I've been thinking about that, too. And I, I would say it's pretty, pretty normal, pretty standard. I grew up in small town. Wisconsin, uh, mm-hmm. family was in the farming town. Um, yeah, not nothing super exciting at the time. Like I, I thought the world of it when I was growing up, but looking back, it was pretty, pretty bland, but, uh, I'm very thankful for everything my parents did for me and gave yeah. and provided for me and, uh, definitely made some really awesome friends, but yeah, it was a very small town. Um, I feel really lucky to have grown up where I did and we played a lot outside in the dirt. Um, didn't have a lot in ways of anything in, in terms that cities offer. So we definitely yeah. got creative. Um, definitely rode through some cornfields in my day, um, (laughs) went fishing and hunting, uh, hung out with my friends. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty chill. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Do you, do you have siblings? I have an older brother. He's five years older than me. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever met him, so I don't, I don't remember if you had a, a sibling or not, but yeah, I, you know, I'm similarly, I, you know, I kind of grew up in like rural Indiana, Illinois, both, you know, kind of moved around a bit. So I, I get that. Like lots of times on the bike, out in the out in the backyard, climbing trees, you know, the I lived in surrounded by cornfields and bean fields and whatnot. So you you found fun, exciting things or made up fun and exciting things to <laughs> to do yeah. in that area. And uh it it led to some creativity, I think, at some point in time. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, interesting growing up in, you know, a rural kind of like area. Did you have, you know, you talked about playing in the dirt a lot, but what were some of your interests? What were some of the things you enjoyed doing as a child? I really liked running. I was always running around places, going yeah. a mile a minute. Um, I really loved hunting and fishing. My dad was really big into it and my brother, um, was as well. So it was kind of a fun family thing for me yeah. to get into and, and, uh, yeah, I would say I wasn't as outdoorsy as I would have liked to have been at that age, but, um, definitely found myself wanting to go for hikes or bike rides or, um, hang out with my friends and watch movies or sure. lay out under the stars, things of that, things of that nature. Yeah. Do you still hunt? I actually just bought a shotgun cause I want to get back into bird hunting. Nice. Um, so, so that'll be something I pick up, but it's funny, uh, moving to a new place, you lose all the, <laughs> the insider trading tips on where to go hunting. Sure, so sure. it's a new experience. Yeah, I'm sure. And especially you're in, you know, the West coast, I'm sure it's a little bit different out there maybe than 
you know, Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That's a, that's a fun sport. You know, bird hunting isn't something I've really ever done a whole lot of. I've, I've went like maybe once or twice, um, growing up, but yeah, but the same, like those, those hunting experiences, it gets a bad rap, but it's so much fun and, and it's really a unique experience that I think that more people should have of, uh, you know, hunting, eating your own, you know, the thing, your own food and, and something that you've worked hard to, to provide for. I think that's a special thing. Definitely. What did you say you wanted to be when you grew up? Whew. I wanted to probably be a pilot or a sailor of some sort. Um, nice. And funny enough, actually, as a kid, I was really into sailing. And then later in life, I was able to get more into it. And I just found out there's a really good sailing group out here. So I'm excited to get to know them a bit more. Um, but yeah, cool. probably something with flying or sailing, something where I was moving and traveling the world. Yeah. What What do you think like spurred that, that on or like that desire? Just sense of adventure. I think I've always been uh, pretty creative in terms of making stuff up in my head of going places. And I love culture and so i think i think just the opportunity to explore something new and experience something new has always been at the core of of who i am nice nice what was uh like middle school high school if we kind of transition into that time of life um what kind of a student were you what what was what was like middle school high school for you did you have a lot of friends were you a good student what was that like I've always had a pretty core group of friends. I'm actually um, two friends in particular. Their names are Emily and Amanda, and I've been friends with them since I think the third grade, and I've been really fortunate enough to have them in my life um, still to this day. So I would say the three of us were always <laughs> hanging out in middle school and uh, doing middle school girl things, you yeah. know, eating eating a brownie batter and cookie <laughs> dough and talking about some cute boy or, sure. I don't know, going to the mall for the first time. Um <laughs> pretty pretty standard uh we thought we were rebels even though i mean the worst thing we did was stay up past a curfew like it yeah. wasn't anything big um so it was yeah a pretty good student uh i got got a's um volunteered a ton was always about community and helping others um yeah so that was it was pretty pretty normal that way um i will say high school changed a bit my parents got divorced when mm. i was 16 and i would say that definitely had a, a huge impact on me um in a lot of ways, but I still got really good grades and still volunteered a ton, but I'd say I probably became a little bit more introverted in high school, just going through all of that. But, um, yeah, my friends were always there and I had, had a really good experience with them. Yeah. I was around that same age, like 15, 16 it was my sophomore year of high school when my parents split up as well. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if, if you have a similar like experience, but I, I don't, like remember how I felt about things really. Um, like I do and I don't like, it was such a, a weird time. Like, I feel like I didn't, I don't know. Like I just, I think I turned all my focus into like sports and you know, the, the different sports that I was involved in and just like tried to tune that out. You know, obviously it didn't work, but <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I don't know. It was just an interesting experience for me, but, um, do you have, you know, did you turn to anything like that? Like, did you, you know, you said you went a little more, uh, introverted. Was that just, um, something that 
made you kind of pause and think about life or think about, you know, how things were going or what was, what was I that think like? I've thought a lot about that too. Uh, just because I kind of what you're saying, I just think at that age, you're not emotionally ready to handle something like that. Like yeah. you understand what's happening, but on an emotional level, you really don't understand. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, the way in which my mom told me was pretty traumatic and there's <laughs> other details in there that were quite traumatic. Um, and I think I just was a bit, I don't know if numb's the right word, but I don't think it really sunk in until a little bit later in life. Um, yeah. So I just, I just, uh, my brother had some stuff going on when he was in high school. He's, like I said, he's a couple years older than me. So I think yeah. I just kind of learned to not be any trouble and just kind of stay out of the way. And just, uh, I would talk to my friends. I, again, I had really great friends. So I was able to talk to them and connect with them. But um, I don't think it really hit me until maybe senior year, college year, sure. my first freshman year college. But yeah, it took me a little bit and I felt a little bit numb and just kind of tried to stay out of the house and keep to myself um, and keep to my friends a bit more. Yeah. 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 I had a, uh, you know, similar thing. It was just the friends. I think you're right. I think it's that like emotional, you know, maybe your just brain's just not ready and it has its own coping mechanisms of the things it does, <laughs> but I don't know. Who knows? Um, That's such a hard age because you're trying to figure out who you are and you're oh, like, yeah. the biggest concern you have is prom and you're trying to figure out this and that and then all of you throw that. I just, I just don't think I was ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many little things. and I, I, I know it was hard. I know I was mad at my dad. I was, you know, like I had all these different feelings and whatnot, but um you know, the experience was rough, but I don't, I just didn't put a lot of like focus on it. I was just trying to like do other things and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Keep busy. Yeah. One of the reasons, you know, I've, I've been a wrestling coach for the last, you know, six years is the first year I haven't done it in the last six years. And, uh, one of the things that really pushed me into coaching, I think was the relationship that I had with my coaches in high school from, I believe from that experience, you know, like I, my coaches stepped up big time and were always checking on me, always had my back and always like, um, just a big part of my life. I remember, you know, my wrestling coach would, Hey, come on over. Like, well, you can, you know, you guys can stay here and then we'll leave first thing in the morning or he'd come by and pick me up. He dropped me off at home, you know, whatever it was. And my, my soccer coach was similar and like, Hey, you want to go fishing with me? You know, like he was a conservation officer and, He'd be like, hey, you want to go fishing with me? Or, hey, like, want to go turkey hunting with me? And, you know, whatever it was, like, just kind of those extra things that um, always, I don't know, they just were there and, like, cared about me and, and took care of took care of me outside of just the sport. And uh, I really value that. And I think that's really led to why I wanted to be, one of the reasons, you know, that I wanted to be a coach for sure. Um, like growing up as those people that kind of invested and had my back. Yeah, for sure. Did, um, as far as like extracurriculars were, did you do any sports or did you do any like extracurriculars, band, choir, 4-H, that kind of thing growing up? Yeah, I think kind of what, how you threw yourself into sports, I just threw myself into staying busy. So I was yeah. in everything. Like I volunteered a ton mm -hmm. um, and I was in band and I was in student council and I was in a group called PAUSE, which is peers assisting with students. And so we went into fifth grade classes and kind of tried to help them stand a straight and narrow path and away from drugs, um, nice. particularly smoking. And then I played soccer and I just was involved in everything I could. <laughs> yeah. Just stayed busy. Yeah. Did, was that something that was like encouraged, uh, like growing up, like did, did your parents do similar things like in their lives as well? 
Honestly, I don't think so. I just, I've always been just one. Your thing. Just, yeah, I just really like to go, go, go. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what, were there any people, you know, teachers or, or friends or whoever it might be that like influenced you, you know, in that adolescent, you know, time frame, that, that middle school adolescent time? I have a really amazing aunt. Um, my mom has a sister and she's been pretty incredible throughout my life. It's kind nice. of almost a second mom. So she's someone that I would go to if I didn't want to ask my mom or just had boy problems or I don't know, any, any sort of question that came up, I'd always go to her and, yeah. and, uh, and I have those two best friends of mine, I'd say I really leaned on throughout the my life. Um, it's funny how you kind of like, you're talking about with your coaches, you find these people in your life and really almost look up to them and kind of look at them as role models. So I've definitely had a few people throughout the years, but I would say the most consistent were my aunt and my two friends. And then uh, my godfather actually was a huge part of my life. He was a really great father or figure kind of in my life. Um, A strong male figure that just, I really looked up to. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love, I love like hearing about people's, I don't know, support systems and the people that, you know, kind of mentor them or lead them or, you know, people that they lean on. I think that's really cool. When you were looking towards college or, you know, the next step after high school, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you know the direction you were headed? What was some of the inspiration behind that? I firmly believe that everyone should take a year off between high school and college. Mm. I did not, but I really wish I would have. Um, (laughs) I know. I I did the traditional, you know, graduated and went to college, but I do have a fun story. Um, I, (laughs) so... I wanted to go somewhere close to home, but not like close enough to home um, that I could be either living at home or just within an hour. So I looked at colleges outside of state, but they were just so expensive. It wasn't really an option. And um, I realized that there's reciprocity. So I looked at some Minnesota schools. But the funny story is that I was all signed up and ready to go to the University of La Crosse. I had a roommate. She was someone I knew. Sure. Um, I was all set to go. My paperwork was almost submitted, um, and I was between there and then the University of Minnesota. They had a business school, and my dad really had pushed me to do business my whole life, um, something he just really believed in and wanted me to do. So I got into the business school at Minnesota, but I was already signed up for lacrosse, and I didn't know what to do, and my family on my mom's side gets into psychics and kind of stone readings and different fun things. So uh, I was with my aunt, and just for kicks and giggles, I went and saw a psychiatrist. No, I said... Wait, psych- what do they call them? Astra- uh, uh, psychic. What are they called? Psychic. I went to a psychic <laughs> and I asked them. I said, I said, I have two college options. Like, well, any insights for me? So I had my um, tarot card reading and they told me that while both would be fine, I would be way happier at the University of Minnesota. So that night I went home and I completely flipped the switch on all of my college registrations and I um proved to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities to attend business school I love that that's so that's (laughs) that's so awesome it also speaks to I feel like who you are too like that's just you're like such a like just go get them you know and I love that I love I love how quick you made that decision were you pleased with that decision absolutely uh definitely a total different type of experience because if I would have gone to lacrosse my yeah. brother had gone there it's small town I had a bunch of uh, high school people that were going there sure. um, Minnesota was definitely a big 10 school mm-hmm. I was a number in a huge classroom but um, yeah. I wouldn't have traded it for the world I met some lifelong friends um, actually my one of my best friends just I met her my first day 
freshman year she lived in the same hallway as me and we're still friends today and she just had her first baby which is really Aww. exciting to be able to have been there for her wedding and now her first child yeah um so yeah I, I made some incredible connections and it's what led me to Alaska it's what led me to go to Montana um I would say going there really helped me experience the outdoors and, and get me to kind of where I am today sure sure and you said you studied business I started at uh at Carlson and actually switched to the journalism school. Oh, I found cool. out after two years of business school that uh, <laughs> suits and having to pit against <laughs> my classmates was not my style. Yeah. I'm more laid back and very much more of a hugs versus punches type person. So um, <laughs> I switched to journalism school and majored in public relations, uh, but I've worked in marketing. Nice. So that switch where like, was it just like instantly, was that something you knew like when you got to the end of those two years or whatever, were you just like, no, I don't want to do this. And what was the influence to go the direction that you did with journalism and, and PR and, and that way? I had a couple of friends who were also contemplating the same thing. So I talked to a bunch of different people and just kind of yeah. got their perspectives and, um, I did some informational interviews and the, and the thing is for a lot of people, it's just a matter of getting a degree and it's really what you do your internships in. Sure. So, um, it was nice to know that I was able to go either route and could still get into a job that I was interested in. Um, it just mattered kind of making sure I was intentional with my internships. Yeah. And then when I interviewed with the school of journalism, it just was a better instant vibe. I liked the people a lot better. I resonated a lot better with them. Um, the teachers were amazing. The college was amazing. Uh, just instantly felt better. Um, and as soon as I made the switch, I instantly was a lot less stressed out and just yeah. felt more at home. Those, like I, like I said, I completely agree with you of like taking that year off. What, what do you think that extra year, like, I don't know, like for me, I've talked about this on here before, but, um, I just, I would really encourage people to do the same thing. Like I felt so pressured into going to college and doing that. And I also didn't want to feel like left out of like, I wasn't doing what my peers were doing, you know, or, um, I don't know, like I, I, I felt like that sort of pressure for myself uh, to go to college and to do that and declare this major that, you know, it's heavily influenced by, I feel like, parents a lot of times. And not that that's a bad thing. I mean, they know us well, but um, I don't know. I, I don't. It was more like people told me this is what you should do. And, you know, I didn't want to miss out. But I totally would want to take a year off and my encouragement is always like take a year off or take some time off and then get involved either internship or a job in the related field, whether that's working a desk at a lawyer's office, if you're interested in law, you know, like just kind of seeing the ins and outs and like learning the ropes. Would you agree? Or like, what, what would you give like advice or suggestions to? Absolutely. I think there's so much you learn about yourself as you get older. I think we're really immature at that age and you don't really have an idea. Yeah. You're making a decision for what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it's it's hard to know at that age. And I think it would be great to take some time to work a little bit and like you suggested, kind of be in the scene of what you're trying to get after. Because I didn't even know half the fields out there existed until I graduated. Right. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it could also provide insight into what you do for undergrad, whether you go for a yeah. BA or BS. So for example, I'm looking, I was looking at one point potentially going back and doing oceanography or switching something up. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to do that, I would have to go back and complete a BS to then get to go to grad school. So, That's I, so think, crazy. I think there's a it, yeah, it's insane and for how expensive college is. And then you yeah. have people who then just end up going for 
generals or sociology and they don't realize that they have to do continued education after that if they want to get a job and it just it's this mentality in our society like you said that's just go from one school to another and then boom you get a job it's just this Mm -hmm. old way of life that's like you go to school you get married you have kids and it's it's it doesn't have to be that way um we need to break that mold and and to be honest there's people that college isn't for them and i think we should be promoting that and saying hey there's these great trades and you can make a ton of money in trades and and school might not be for you and you know what that's okay that doesn't mean anything different it's just a different way of living yep Um, i agree and the same the same thing for my other point I was just going to say is that grad school, like I don't understand the point of going to grad school right after college just because you don't have sure. experience. And that's been a trend I've been seeing that I don't really understand. Yeah. I think, well, I agree. There's been this pressure. I think there was a time when college was like getting a, you know, your bachelor's degree or getting a degree meant uh, a specific, like you were guaranteed a job, you know, and, and a decent paying job, good paying job at one point in time in our society. Right. And I think that that's changed because now the pressure has gone that like everybody, that's what you were expected to do. And so it's kind of lost its like power or like it's reward isn't quite the same. Like I know so many people, so many people, I'm sure you do as well that have a degree in something that they don't care to be you know involved in or do anything with and they're just working a you know whatever like a restaurant job or whatever and there's nothing wrong with that right but society like puts these like undue I don't know these undue like stresses and levels and even asking people to come on the podcast sometimes I I get questions or I get responses that are like well I'm just not really like satisfied with my career right now like I don't know if I want to come on and I get it, right? Like you want to be proud of yourself and and you're not. And in some ways, some people aren't. But I think that that's the beauty of life. Like we're we're where we're supposed to be and like not fixating on some of these like quote societal successes. But what is it that you want? You know, like, are you happy? Like if you're happy, you're happy and, and your story matters. And then there's so many people that are in the same place as you. I don't know. That was a little tangent, but uh, I don't know. I, I think... I think there's more to life than just what we do and, and providing options, like you kind of said, of whether it's the trades or, you know, some people are just go-getters and college isn't for them and they want to go a different route and there's nothing wrong with that. I would completely agree. Another thing I would add to that too is just um, that I think people feel they are stuck in a career once they're in it and mm. I think there's just some stigma around that and I wish that would kind of fall apart because I yeah. think... I might be in marketing for 10 years, but then you know what? I might completely switch it up and go back to school and do something different. And yeah. I think that's more than okay. Absolutely. You're never too old to change or do something different or go after it. And there's a guy, are you familiar with Gary V or Gary Varnerchuk? Yeah. And he talks about this. He's, he made this one quote or this one thing that I watched or saw. And it was basically like, what, you're 30? Like, you've got three more lives to live. You know, like 30. you the average age is what like the average lifespan is like 80 you know 80 to 90 like years old like you've got multiple like lives to live still you know and like that like put things in perspective for me and I was like whoa that's like a really deep way of thinking about that like you've I've lived I just turned 32 and uh like I I have at least another life to live you know <laughs> like what's 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 stopping me from doing what I want to do I think I think uh, what comes in at that point though is actually 
thinking about this last night is just the fact that because I am 30 and I think there's just this pressure that you should have X amount of saved in your 401k and you should have this figured <laughs> yeah, out because you yeah. should be retiring by 65. And yeah. what do you mean you don't have like a hundred thousand dollars in savings and what are you doing with your life? And yeah. there's just so much residual pressure pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from, I mean, the, we're not that far removed from the great depression and those generations that went yeah. through that. So I just, I think it's just a different way of living. And then you have these people who, um, we have these amazing ambassadors that just came through and there is a couple and they are taking the next two and a half years off and they are just biking from Alaska to Argentina, which is incredible. And I'm like, yeah. how are you doing that? Like, right. teach me your ways. It's just, yeah. just such a different mentality. And yeah. and what does money mean and how much do you need? And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot to think through. It is. It is. And I, I fall victim to all of those like social pressures, pressures, you know, like I, I don't, really look at myself as a success uh, most days and so like that's a but it's a mental shift it's something you have to work on I think it, because we're so programmed to think a specific way as we grow up and through those fundamental years of you know middle school high school college you know those those years that our brain isn't even fully fo- formed yet and <laughs> you've, you're like pumped full of these ideas and thoughts and during those times and um I don't know. It's it's something worth exploring, I think, and like looking at different options and not being not being or feeling stuck in whatever you're doing. Would you go back and would you do things different if you could go back and like, you know, declare a different major or go a different direction? Oof, that's hard just because everything I've done has led me where I am today yeah. and it's introduced me to everyone I've met. So I think that's such a hard one. Um Sometimes I get a little bit frustrated with marketing because I feel like I'm just selling a widget to someone. But the mm. cool thing is about the widget that I'm selling is that it's getting people outside and it's yeah, it's creating healthy, sustainable lives. So I think I feel better about that than I used to when I was working for a couple oil companies. But um, I think the only thing I would have gone back and did is I would have gone for a BS and I probably would have gone into maybe oceanography or something so I could sure. study the oceans and figure out how to eradic- eradicate some of the pollution that's happening, I think. Yeah that's something I would like to get involved in at some point in my life. Um, I think the only thing I would, if I could go back, the only thing I would share specifically with my younger self is just a better understanding of how to, how to handle finances. Yeah. I was not brought up in a household that we, we really spoke much about money. There wasn't a lot of like talks about savings and I just wish I would have done things a bit differently. I, I have cherished and loved every experience I've had. Mm -hmm. I just think I could have been smarter about a, a few purchases and decisions I've made. Yeah, especially because it, it it's I think as a woman it, it's not as ex- this is going to sound weird, but I don't think it's, it's expected to be financially independent. But that is something I so much crave. Like I am financially independent today, and I am very proud of that. And yeah. just but having a better understanding of finances and how it all works, and especially in, from an investment standpoint, and how to do stocks and different things of that nature. I wish yeah. I wish I would have been um, taught that as a kid. Um, yeah, that I think would have helped me out better in life. I think everybody which is i don't know like <laughs> i i've talked about this too i've had a couple of people on that have mentioned this as well but it's it's not something that we're taught in school it should be a mandatory thing shouldn't it like at a young age mm-hmm. at high school shouldn't you be taught like financing and finances and like what that's like and shouldn't it be a, a mandatory gen ed in college that you take like a finance class or like personal financing like I mean I just feel like we're not set up for that and it's something that is so important 
and it's expected that our parents are the ones that teach us and they're the ones that should know. And I mean, I, I don't think that that's fair for them necessarily because they weren't taught either necessarily, you know, and I don't know. It's, I, I think that we definitely in society need to have a little bit more of a focus on helping people understand that. Cause I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I, man, if I could know more and there's no excuses these days, I guess, but it's just hard. It's hard to make that time and spend that time on like learning about the ins and outs of personal finance. And I don't know. It'd be nice for a society to, in general, just to have a lot of subjects be less taboo. Like we talk about finances, but the other yeah. one is just mental health. Like I definitely mm. have struggled throughout the years of depression and had a lot of insecurities and different things throughout my life. Um, a lot of it stemming from my parents' divorce and just different things. But yeah. I mean, man, someone needs to blow the lid off that. Yeah. Should just make it okay to talk about and the fact that everybody struggles and that life isn't every day going to be smiles and rainbows that it's mm. going to be some pretty tough days i wish we could talk more openly as a society about that i agree i agree and i think it's more and more becoming a little less taboo but there's still so many like um yeah just like socially you're still held to like these different weird standards or stereotypes or thoughts or you know and and like you said everybody's got their struggles everybody's struggling in in one way or another in in the mental health world i think and um but we're just expected to suck it up and like act tough and pretend like we're something that we're not sometimes and versus like saying like hey i'm having a hard day and that's okay <laughs> i had a mm-hmm. podcast i had a guest on the other day and uh, he was talking about, you know, a, he was a, a job that he had basically and working with teens that were kind of, you know, youth that were kind of in uh, in the system basically and, you know, going through a whole bunch of different issues. And he has a lot of, you know, issues with that. He ex- experienced some burnout. He experienced some like PTSD, started, you know, abusing alcohol and, um started seeing that in himself and being like, I can't do this anymore and I got to stop and I got to move on. And, you know, eventually sought help and, and saw a, a counselor or saw a, you know, a therapist. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing more and more people, uh, talk about like being open about like, I go and see a therapist or I, I've, I sought out help and I, I needed it. And, um, I think it's so important and I, I love it. I love like, you know, part of crazy face, you know, and, is empowering, loving, and celebrating. And I really want to celebrate when people talk about that, you know, and talk about like getting help because, um, so many times it's that thing that we don't talk about. And I think that that's the power of storytelling, right? That's the power of what we're doing now. It's like being able to talk and share and share part of our life, whether that's whatever experience you've gone through, it's important. It's important to see that. I think that other people are going through similar things and, you know, you never know what's going to touch somebody and what's going to, um, you know, give someone hope or give someone uh, a direction in which they want to go. And I agree. Mental health is, is a problem. It's an issue and it's permeated our society and it's something that we need to talk more about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of along that too I think it's always really good to keep incredible people in your lives that can be build you up when you're having those tough days and I I was thinking actually as you're talking um 
just about different things in my life and, and struggles I've had and um, going through that. And two people that stand out in my mind that I did not recognize and that I really need to call out is actually, uh, you know them, but Caitlin and Andrew. Um, yeah. They have been some of the biggest rocks in my life and mm-hmm. they probably don't even know it, but I have to say those two have really been a couple that I've looked up to. And um, obviously with my parents going through divorce and seeing a lot of other relationships in my life not being super great, I've, I've tried to find a couple great examples in my life of uh, kind of couples I idolize and that I'm just like, mm. I, I hope that one day I can find what they have. And I, I have to say by far, like that couple is just amazing from all aspects. I mean, they are yeah. not only two of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life, but they, <laughs> they always make me feel great. And they are just so welcoming and willing to to help whenever you need it and there's so fun to be around and just as a couple and how they interact like it's been one of the best things in my life having them in my life just getting to see that because it gives me hope that I would be able to have a relationship like they have because I love the relationship they have yeah it's beautiful isn't it and and yeah they they're someone they're a couple that I I look up to as well and I completely agree we we call them you know they were Andy was my best man and and Caitlin was her, is it maid of honor? Is that right? Yep. <laughs> um, I, I always forget the ladies side of things, but yeah, at our wedding and, you know, it's Dana's sister and um, brother-in-law and my sister-in-law and brother-in-law now. Um, but uh, yeah, we call them, you know, our best couple. <laughs> you know, like yeah, the, they really they're, are. They're the best. They're awesome. They're, they're just good people and you can always count on them to be there for you and I agree. I think I like the fact that you kind of called that out too, that you like are looking for that example of, you know, relationships and, and marriage that, that you appreciate and that you respect. And, and with this, with the fact that, you know, your parents did get divorced and I've never really thought about that, but I, like till you just kind of mentioned that. And I wonder who those couples were, you know, outside of like cognitively or like not, I haven't really thought about it. So I wonder like, are there couples that, you know, if I was to think about that, that I've looked up to over the years that have been that example of um, love and relationship and, and people in my life. Um, I've never really thought about it. I definitely, having had some failed relationships, have have kind of sought to find relationships that I would aspire to kind of be. And and besides Caitlin and Andrew, I'd say my mom and stepdad are the other one. And and those have really been guiding lights for me. And it's been funny, like, dating is hard. Like, I don't care what anyone says. And figuring out who you want to spend the rest of your life with is even harder because newsflash, like, there is no perfect person. Mm -hmm. um, And you're not perfect either. So it's about finding that person that makes you want to wake up every day and be a better person. And that brings up the best in you. And that even if you're going to have a rough day with them, that you go to bed and, and wake up and be excited to be with them again. And uh, it's hard because you're going to have your non-negotiables and things that you're like, Nope, sorry, I can't, I'm not okay with that. And there's things you're going to have to bend on. And it's just yeah. figuring that out has been a struggle for me. Um, and to think that someone would want to spend the rest of their life with me gives me like, what? <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that like uh is that something that's like on the forefront of your mind or like that you think about, like, is it scare you to like think about being with someone for your entire life, I guess? Absolutely. I'm terrified of it. And I definitely think that stems from, I mean, I was totally into fairy tales as a kid and thought mm. Prince Charming was going to sweep, sweep me off my feet. <laughs> and then 
I mean, my parents were together for 25 years and, yeah. and watching how terribly that fell apart. Um, it really impacted me and having a couple of relationships that didn't work out. Just I'm terrified of it. I mean, especially yeah. as the older you get, the more set in your ways you kind of get and the sure. more you define who you are. And, um, yeah, I think for me, I just want to laugh. Like I want to find someone who makes me laugh mm. and that we can just have a really great time together. Um, and wants to go on adventures, but I'm not always the easiest person and I am a lot. I'm a ball of energy. So it's just finding someone who a is, is excited about that. And yeah. then also I'm super excited about it. it's just, it's, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, it's terrifying to me. I think commitment is very terrifying. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to like get married, to settle down and to do that? Is that something you want or is that something you feel pressured to do? I like the idea of finding someone who I can grow old with. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's very, not even just a romantic idea, but just like a, like a very happy idea of that I could have someone who sees me at my best and sees me at my worst and that yeah. 10 years from now, 20, 50 years from now, I can look back on and, and remember those times. So, um, I don't care if that ends up in marriage or just like a life partner. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I'm sold on the idea of marriage, but I love, sure. I love the party part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I do believe in, in like a monogamous relationship of finding someone that is, is my person um, yeah. that will always be my plus one for whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it's funny, but I think the only pressure I do feel is just on the aspect of I haven't really decided if I want kids or not. And I think yeah. the more I think about it, adoption, I think, is honestly on my mind. But yeah. um, that's just strictly from a biological standpoint of I'm not getting any younger. And sure. um, I got plenty of time. So I would say that's just more of like a yeah societal thing but luckily my brother had a kid so my mom's off my back so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> i know well i'm an only child so my mom's not off. she's not <laughs> off my back but she's not been too pressure pressured as well. Get going. yeah yeah right we keep we keep saying you know like andy and caitlin they it's their their first you know we, we don't want to step on their toes so we'll wait for them but uh I yeah that's why you get a dog yeah we got one that's great I know. You're set. Yeah, we're set. You got time. He's our, he's, gosh, he's, he's our boy. That's for sure. I uh, love that guy more than I ever thought I would. (laughs) Right? Isn't it funny? Uh, Like, they are absolutely family members. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really close to yours as well. Yeah, I was crying at the vet office this weekend when I found out that his, she like sort of tore his ACL. Like I was just blubber works. I mean, that's my, that's my, that's my fur baby. Yeah, I I would be the same way. What? I like I we moved down here and you know you have people that watch often Andy and Caitlin or her pa- their parents or Dana's parents or whatnot um, or whatever it's just most a lot of people anybody that's met Chance they he's a good dude he's easy to get along with and so we have people to watch him when we would go and do things you know and we moved down here and we like got a hotel room for free in Miami uh, for two nights and we're like okay this is awesome but what do we do with chance? And I was like, I think we did the, I think what Dana has found is that, is it Hoover or, uh, Rover, Rover. That's the one Rover. Gosh, that was silly. Uh, yeah, Rover. And we found this gal that we absolutely love and loves chance and gets excited whenever, you know, uh, she has the opportunity to watch him, but it's, uh, just thinking about the idea of like, handing him over to a stranger that doesn't know him that like mm-hmm. I like started crying and I was like ah, I just I just want the best for him I don't want anything to happen to him like you know yep. I don't know man I'm a I'm an emotional wreck when it comes to that dude so he's he's my he's my dude he's my support system 
<laughs> Absolutely. Totally get that. Well, Kim, if we, you know, look beyond college, we, we kind of hit on a few topics there, but um, as you graduated, you know, you talked about Alaska. What what led you to Alaska slash like what was what was your next steps after graduating uh, college? Well, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So, of course, what do you do? You get a summer job. Um, <laughs> so I took a kayaking job in Valdez, Alaska and went up for the summer and ended up staying for five years. Uh, I moved to Anchorage and worked in marketing and absolutely loved it. I just some of the uh, some of the people I met there are just absolutely the most incredible individuals yeah. I ever met. I think putting yourself in that type of environment, that far away from family, just really shapes you and, and mm. draws you closer to people than ever. Um, I definitely cried my first year. That was the hardest move I ever made. I moved without really knowing anyone. Um, I was dating a guy, but that didn't work out. And it just, yeah, I was alone in, in a state that it was really expensive to get home. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Enter Diesel. That's one of the reasons I got Diesel, my dog. Uh-huh. I, I just really needed a connection, and he became my lifeline. And he's, I will absolutely 100% say he was the best decision I ever made, and he's absolutely made me the person I am today. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to be eight in a couple of days, which is crazy because I've had him since he was eight weeks old. Yeah, um, that is crazy. But he, he's incredible. And so, yeah, I, I stayed up there and absolutely loved it. Um, Alaska is amazing for anyone who's ever been. I highly recommend it. It's just also a pretty hard place to live. Um, yeah. So, after five years, I did a little soul searching and I actually spent a summer in California. Um, I needed some time just to kind of reground myself and I went cool. to work for a Paul Newman camp. It's um, it's in California and it was, again, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I spent a summer working with children who have chronic illnesses and, and mm-hmm. a lot of those kids um, might not make it to be into their teens. And uh, it was a very humbling experience that really kind of brought me back down to earth and yeah. Help me kind of reset of, of what I wanted to do and, and figure out what was important to me. Wow. I didn't know you spent some time in California. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Alaska. So you were, it's a kayak. What was it? Kayak camp or what was it? A Just kayaking outfitter. Kayaking outfitter. So nice. And you did that for five years. Were you like leading? Uh, I did that for summer and then summer. I moved to Anchorage to work in marketing. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Was, do you feel like you found, I know you've talked about it, like you've always been this adventurous, you know, person and, and you've like outdoors and things were always something that you enjoyed and found, you know, joy in and, and pleasure in, but did being out there and like in, in Alaska, did that really like bring some of that out a little bit more or, um, did you feel like your location kind of affected what you like the things you did outside of work absolutely i mean i the ability to recreate up there is just far and incredible i mean i got into mountain biking i found mountain biking up there i got into cyclocross up there i got into trail running i mean all sorts of adventures that i would never have had the opportunity to do in wisconsin i mean wisconsin you can in minnesota you can get outside but it's just not the same i mean you'd go backpacking in alaska and not see people for a week um there's bears there's moose i mean you get off the grid and you don't have cell service and there's places that i mean i went and taught skiing in a village that the only way in or out was via plane and it was bush bush plane yeah um it was just a total different mentality and way of life and it got me to really embrace the outdoors on just such a extreme level that um 
I never would have had the opportunity if I stayed in the Midwest. Um, and it, it taught me about pack rafting and that I could go and mountain bike in and then mm. strap my bike to a pack raft and then pack raft out. Like it's, yeah, it's just insane. The opportunities you have there, um, definitely ignited the flame that was already lit into a full blown fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, it like showed you what's possible and kind of like led mm-hmm. you about like throughout that adventure, man. See, I had, a, I had a, inkling that that was potentially the case but yeah I didn't realize that you had spent you know so much time I guess out that direction when you found yourself at the camp in California um it sounds like that was something that impacted you quite a bit would you say that's the case absolutely those kids are incredible I mean it was one of the best summers of my life I met some amazing counselors that I worked with. I'm still friends with today. And, uh, I, oh, it was just such an incredible experience to meet these kids who, who, I mean, they could be out of school for months for a year. I mean, they could be in the Mm -hmm. hospital any day. Like they just, they just appreciated life on such a different level that I was taking for granted that it just made me really reevaluate some things. And, um, I was in a relationship that wasn't really good at the time. And I was trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. And, it just couldn't have come at a more perfect time. And, and while I know we were there to help them, I think they helped me more than, than I helped them. They, yeah. they taught me so much about life. Um, and it was, it was amazing. And there's definitely a few counselors that stood out and a few campers that really made some impressions. And um, after that, I, I realized it was kind of time to go home. So I moved out actually after that. And I moved back to Minnesota so I could be closer to some family and some key friends that I'd really been missing and really wanted yeah. to, to have more in my life for a few years. So that's, that's kind of how I ended up back in, in the Midwest, but, um, that camp was incredible. And I highly recommend it for anyone who's interested. Um, Paul Newman puts on this series of camps throughout the U S and actually internationally. And it's cool. It's amazing. That sounds, yeah, it sounds like a really great experience. I think that like moments like that, you know, working in special education, you know, like I did, uh, back in Minnesota, you, you learn an appreciation for things differently. You know, like you see people that, have just different struggles than you, you know, it's not that that mm-hmm. it's not always that they're worse or, you know, like this is some trophy for having the worst thing, you know, but it's like, Oh, like I have so many things to be grateful for. And you learn this new perspective, this new outlook on life that I don't know. I, I think if you allow it, it can really be impactful and really help shape who you are. Totally. It's, it's about being vulnerable and, and allowing those experiences to help shape you. I would absolutely agree with that. And I think, I think kids in general just have so much to teach us. I mean, mm. they, they view the world through a lens that's pure and they don't have these preconceived notions or all these, these ideas in their head of, of how they shouldn't like this person or shouldn't like that person, or this is bad, or this is great, or that's not good, or that's awesome. Um, so it's really cool to just see a lens of these people are just so pure at the heart of it. And, um, get reminded what really matters in life yeah absolutely when did you I know you've done some races um did you do what what was your first race you ever did whether that was running whatever whatever kind of race that was what when was that would have been my freshman year in college is when I did my first I would say official race and it was the Disney World Marathon Ooh. I just went big. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Was that down in Florida, down here? Yep, it was in Disney World. Nice. And my, uh, go sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. 
I have a pretty incredible st- uh, stepmom, and she is really into racing. So she was into Ironman and had done a ton of marathons and a oh, ton cool. of different things. And she was a really inspiration. She was a big inspiration to me. And so um, when I was a freshman, her and I kind of talked about it. And then we decided um, her, my dad, and I would all do the Disney World Marathon. So I ran it, and then they walked it. And it was a really cool experience you have to have with them. That's so fun. How many marathons have you done since? Or total? I want to say four or five. Okay. I think I've done. Nice. What I'm was just your... starting to dabble in trail running, which is a total different ball game. Oh, nice. Because you've done some bike races as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was your first bike race? Where was that? How old were you? I was in college and I was doing cyclocross. Um, I love cyclocross and I recommend it to anyone. It's pretty much 45 minutes that? to an yeah. hour of just like all out redlining and okay. then you're done. Um, it's a Oof. series of, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot, but it's a series of like you're on kind of, it looks like more like a road bike, gravel bike kind of scenario. And you are going through mud pits. You're going through sand. You're jumping off your bike and leaping over barriers. You're running Whoa. up staircases. You're yeah. taking all sorts of different types of terrain. Um, and it's a set circuit course and you do so many laps depending on the time, but it's so fun. That sounds really fun. I I don't know if I've ever even heard of that. That's really cool. What's it called again? Cyclocross. Cyclocross. Nice. And you've done, have you done some like cross country stuff as well? Like with biking? Mm-hmm. I've done a few tours. Um, one I did in the East coast and I was in New Zealand last year and did a tour there. And then I've also done some mountain bike racing and then some gravel racing. Um, the biggest one I did was dirty Kansas two years ago, which would have been 200 miles on gravel, which was an experience. It's <laughs> a good name too. Dirty Kansas. Yeah, it was, it was, a. Uh... It was a good race, but um, yeah, racing is a pretty fun thing. I like the community. That's mostly why I do it. Yeah. Yeah. What, if there's like one outdoor thing, like you had to choose to do, obviously you got into trail running recently, but like if you had to choose one for the rest of your life, you couldn't do anything else. What would you choose? I'd say mountain biking. There is nothing more fun than getting to just go through the woods on your bike. And Mm. my dog is a really phenomenal mountain biker. So he he'll run along in front. And then if he gets tired, he's, oh, he's so good. He can hear the wheels. So he'll pull off to the side. He'll let you go by and then he'll fall in line behind you. Nice. Um, and just seeing the forest fly by from my bike and then getting to watch him run is just probably one of the most, my most favorite things in the world. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done mountain biking, you know, like true mountain biking or anything like that. That sounds like a really fun time. I want to get you would into, like it. It's amazing. I want to get into biking more. I haven't really, I haven't really gotten into biking um, we used to bike a lot as a family, my, my mom, and my dad back when I was a child. So childhood stories, but I remember we'd, we'd take our bikes and we'd go on like nine, 10 minute or nine, 10 mile, you know, like bike rides and nothing crazy, you know, they're just leisurely, but we'd just go around the town and, and, uh, have fun that way. But I haven't really done too much with bikes probably since like middle school, high school, I don't know, like middle school, I rode my bike everywhere, you know, like it was just my thing, like small town. So rode my bike from point A to point B, wherever it was. I, I didn't stop, slow down. I'd pull my, I mowed lawns. So I'd even like pull my lawnmower behind my bike as I was going, cause I didn't want to walk. Nice. Like, <laughs> I found different ways to like, just always use my, my bike for things. But yeah, I, I need to get into that more. And Dan and I, we both got rid of our bikes when we moved here to Florida, but we've both talked about how it's something we'd like to 
invest into eventually here. So going to have to do that. Yeah. Uh, trail running different, different type of thing. What kind of, when did you do that? When did you start getting into that? What's that been like for you? I've always liked running just because I found it kind of like my yoga Zen moment, uh, therapeutic, so to speak. Um, and it's something that my dog and I can do and I can just go off and go for as long or as short as I want. So I've always really enjoyed it. And then in Minnesota, just getting off the road and away from cars was more appealing. And the more I mountain biked, the more I just liked sure. being in the woods. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've really started to like it out here, except there's a lot more elevation out here. Um, mm. so it's a lot harder, <laughs> hey. but, uh, yeah. Hey, those hills. What? Those mountains. What? <laughs> yeah. But it's been great. I really enjoy it and I like it a lot. Nice. That's awesome. What are there any of your like favorite memories from some of your adventures? <laughs> I really loved my trip to New Zealand. Uh, there was a specific part of it where we did a bike tour. Uh, it's called the old ghost road. And I went, um, mm. in my, <laughs> with two friends of mine, Ethan, and then, uh, my buddy Mikey. And (laughs) I just, it's one of those moments where you really test yourself. And I remember I was riding and I was sicker than sick and I was doing this trail and they made it look so easy. And I remember I was getting so frustrated. And I remember at the top of the mountain, I just wanted to hook my bike over the edge. And it was just like (laughs) such a moment. And I remember just calming myself down, eating a Snickers. And then I just, I just rode. And it, it was, it was just like one of those moments that you're like, wow, I made it through that. Um, but getting to the end and, and, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but getting to the end and seeing my friends and just that whole experience of being in this really remote area and this beautiful landscape uh, with mountain peaks everywhere and forests and animals is just ugh, it was beautiful. And, and getting to share that with people and getting to reflect on that is is been a really great experience. Is it the like? So I I really don't enjoy. I'm, I'm learning to enjoy running um, and like whatnot. <laughs> I, I just, I think I've always done it as like a, a means to an end, you know, for so long with being in sports, it was just this thing like you had to do, right. You put in the time you ran, whatever. So, but I, I never really enjoyed it too much or, but it, even outside of running, it's just fitness getting out there. I think there's a lot of, it's not always the most fun going through these specific things, but it's like coming out on the other end, you feel great. You feel like you accomplished something. You feel like you did something and it's like working towards like towards something. Do you think that there's, there's value in that? Like you've been in a lot of these different races. You're talking about getting to the top of this mountain and wanting to just throw your bike off the edge. Like it was hard. It sucked obviously. Right. But there's something about it, the camaraderie that you get, the, the experience, the like sense of accomplishment afterwards, the, you know, the friendships, the, the journey, what is it about getting out there, adventuring these big, long, these, these hard things that we do that draw, continue to draw us in as like society, as people. I think it's testing yourself for me anyways. Like, I think yeah. it's, it's pushing your limits and kind of expanding your boundaries and, and going after the unknown and seeing if you can hash it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming out the other side, having that experience and knowing you're that much stronger for it. Um, yeah. it can shape itself in a number of different ways, but I mean, dirty Kanza, for example, was, that was hard. It was really hard. And I feel really fortunate that I had a good friend to go through it with, go yeah. through it with. And, um, I think it's just that, that testing and, and seeing if you can, if you can do it. Can you, can you, 
ride 200 miles? Can you make it to that mountain peak? Can you ride that distance? Can you run that far? Can you run that elevation? Like, what is it? And then being able to, I mean, and sometimes it's not even about that. It's just like what you get to see and experience and you know, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And then getting to watch your progress and knowing that you did it and that you can go farther and harder next time. Um, But I think for me, it's, yeah, it's definitely the challenge and it's, it's for me a very personal challenge. Like I'm not motivated by time or the fact that I could do it under six hours or the fact that I did under four hours. I'm more motivated by what is my best and then having kind of my markers out there um, and seeing if I can accomplish it to to my standards and then, and then getting to share that with someone because I don't enjoy doing races just for the sake of doing it. And if I do it with friends, I like it because then I can talk about like, Oh, did you, did you hit that hill? Or like, did you see that one mud pit or, that that to me is, is what makes it worth it. It's the and I think I think society, yeah, society loves that. It's it's I mean it's the I hate to say it I'm not big on Instagram necessarily, but it is that Instagram effect of like taking that photo and having mm. that memory to look back on and, yeah. and sharing that story. It, it is it's kind of what you're trying to do. It's storytelling. It's it's creating that humanitarian aspect of, of connectivity to people and, and life and embracing what what it's worth and, and living in that moment. Yeah, I can totally see that. That's cool. Well, let's. Uh, I've got a few more questions for you as we start to maybe kind of close things out here. Um, and let's start things off with what would you say you're most proud of to date? Hmm. Probably my ability to handle change. I've had a lot of it throughout my life in a lot of different ways. And I think change slash resilience, just being able to go somewhere new on my own, not knowing anyone starting over and making it and being successful and supporting myself and not needing to necessarily lean on people. um, I think that's something that independence that I've been able to gain and really foster. I'm, I'm really proud of. Nice. Good for you. That's awesome. What do you look forward to most in the future? Do you have any goals, ambitions? Traveling. I really want to experience some new cultures. So I want to get to South America. I really want to get to Croatia, a couple other really cool places. And, nice. and uh, some of those travels I want to do on my own. I, I did my first solo trip to China and, and I successfully made it to the Great Wall by myself. And nice. uh, it was a really unique experience. And I think I'm looking forward to just kind of um, experiencing more and seeing more and doing more. That's awesome. Do you ever think about your legacy? No. No? You don't? Uh, I guess, a, I mean, a little bit more from the sense of not so much about being remembered, just more about what I do here and the impact it's going to have. Mm. So I do think about, like, volunteering is really big to me. I really like helping and I want to help others, and I feel really fortunate to have what I have. So I look at it more, I guess, from the standpoint of how can I – take what I've been given and, and help others with the privilege that I have um, and, and be able to share that. And the fact that I feel really fortunate to be, to be where I'm at and to have what I'm at, I have. So yeah, I just, how can I in a really helpful way, like build my community up and be more sustainable mm-hmm. and, and leave the earth in a better place than when I, than how I, I had it potentially. That's awesome. Uh, last question. Looking back, what advice would you tell little Kim? <laughs> It's going to be okay. I would tell her to not worry so much that a lot of the things you're going to worry about really at the end of the day, you won't remember. So don't worry about it. Just chill out and, and enjoy the ride. I love it. I love it so much. That's always great.
Kim, is there anything you want to leave us with? Anything you want to say before we go? Feel free to plug away, plug anything you want. I would just leave with a quote. Uh, there's a quote that's really resonated through with me throughout the years, and that would be, what would life be if we had the courage to attempt anything? Mm. And I really enjoyed that quote because I, I think I think we as people need to push our boundaries and need to go for new things and uh, really really challenge ourselves to be the best versions of the people we can be and, and to not uh, get complacent. Say it one more time just so we can remember it. What would life be if we had the courage to attempt anything? What would life be if we had the courage to attempt anything? I love it. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to close this out. Thank you all so much for listening. Please visit us on Facebook and Instagram. You can like, comment on our posts. If you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or just random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Once again, please visit crazyfaceuno.com to purchase our merchandise and donate. Your contributions help us tell more stories like Kim's and stories just like yours. Thanks again for listening. Love you all. Peace.